Alrighty, let's find our seats. Let's, let's pray. Our gracious God, we thank you for the chance to get together to look uh, at prayer, to look at the catechism, and to be reminded of your love and your grace and your care for us. Uh, we ask that you would bless our time, help us to grow in you, to grow together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, let's, um, let's start with question 116. Maybe we'll recite these as we go. Everybody should have a handout with the questions and answers to the Heidelberg Catechism on the front. Uh, we're we're going to kind of look at four today, uh, in, um, mostly the first three. So let's recite together question 116. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us and because God will give His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who earnestly and without ceasing ask them of Him and render thanks unto Him for them. Okay. So who here... Praise enough. Welcome back, Will. Uh, who here prays enough? Okay. Not one of you raised your hands. Why not? Okay. Why don't you pray enough? What, what keeps us from prayer? Laziness. Uh, Rex says laziness. Uh, Gary says uh, we think we're too busy. Good busyness. What else? Huh? We don't make it a priority. Okay. Good. Other reasons? Lies. Explain. Mm-hmm. Okay, any examples? Uh, you don't have to be exhaustive. Okay, I'm not good enough to pray. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. I read an article some time ago. It was, if God is sovereign, why pray? Good. Good. If God is sovereign, why pray? Um, you hear that sometimes, right? There's no reason to pray. Now, then again, if God has also done everything he can and he can't do anymore, why pray? I mean... You don't get out of that question regardless of where you come down on God's sovereignty. Only one has hope and one doesn't. That's the only difference, right? Um, but everybody's got to wrestle with why pray, right? And that'd be a good lesson today. Let's talk about why we pray. Uh, but let's, let's, for first, let's talk about why we don't. That's fair. Um, what about pride? Do we ever not pray because we think we don't really need help? We can do it on our own? Yeah. Um, 
even when we're too busy or we think we're too busy, what are we really saying? It's not important enough to us. It's not important enough or it's up to me. I'm the one responsible, not God, right? That's pride, right? It'll come to you in about five minutes at the wrong place in the now. Yeah, okay. Oh, no. If we, don't, uh, if we don't try, we don't do. And if we don't do, why are we on this earth? Right. And every bit of it, it's self. Self. I do. And yeah. This whole thing with pride in that whole movie is, and he's not praying. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is praying. Right. He comes up with this last step. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Uh, doubt, and I think that goes back to, to what, what um, Charlie said earlier, right? Does God hear me? Does God care? Right? Questions of doubt. Um, fear, which goes back, you know. Uh, there can be fear, do I have the right to come to God? But it can also be, uh, do I really want to talk to God about this? Maybe what I want isn't what he wants. And I don't really want to go talk to him about it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the biggest reasons kids don't talk to their parents is because they already know what their parents think and they don't want to hear it, right? Uh, we can be like that with prayer. Why well, ask God for counsel when I already know what his counsel is? And I, I want to be careful, right? So today we're going to be talking about prayer. We're in the final part of the Heidelberg Catechism. Um, and it's all about prayer. Uh, what we believe about prayer, why we pray, what we're supposed to pray for, uh, how um, we, we pray and all those things. And, and most of it's going to focus on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but first today we're going to do just some introductory thoughts uh, before we get there. And my hope is just to really kind of sit, talk about what prayer is, why we do it today. And, and my main point is simply this. Uh, prayer is an act of gratitude and worship where we lay ourselves before the Lord and seek His will in our lives. It's an act of gratitude and worship where we lay ourselves before the Lord and we seek His will in our lives. Okay, so... Let's, let's, let's begin by asking not why we don't pray, but why we do pray. Why do we pray? What are some reasons that we pray? Because the Bible tells me so. Because the Bible tells me so. In obedience. Okay, good, good. Out of adoration. Okay, good. Um. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Pastor Brian? Because we have nothing. Because we're needy. Okay, good. Yeah, Rex? Okay, good. So what we pray for. Okay, Acts? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Good. Adoration, 
confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, things to pray for, right? The content of prayer. Uh, yes, acts or cats, uh, uh, they, they're, they're both used. Same letters, just arranged, but yeah, absolutely. Good, okay. What else? Okay, praise, attitude of thanksgiving, good. Okay, to be with God, fellowship, communion with God, good. Okay. Okay. Good. To grow and to be changed. Good. Good. Okay. For sanctification, yeah, absolutely. So is prayer necessary? Okay. So is it something we may do as Christians or something we must do as Christians? Is it essential to the Christian identity? Okay, good. I would say it's essential for a few reasons, okay? Um, and the, now the first, you're going to have to follow my train of thought here. Okay. It is going somewhere, Mr. Draper. Okay. All aboard before it leaves the station, okay? When Jesus cleared out the temple, what did he say? The house, the house of good. Shall it be a den of robbers, right? He quotes Isaiah, Shall my, shall, my, shall my house, which is a house of prayer, become a den of thieves, right? Um, uh, how does he characterize the temple? How does he define the temple? Okay, his father's house and the house of prayer, right? This house which belongs to my father it, it, and is identified with him, is also to be identified with prayer. That's what it is, a house of prayer. Um, that defines the temple. And, and the problem was, they were making it into something that served themselves, a place to make money, uh, to uh, swindle people. They were, you know, they, were, they were just using it for self-promotion, self-interest. Right? And he sees these two things as being in opposition. Okay, so who knows where I'm going here with my train of thought. It's left the station, Mr. Draper. Where's it headed? <laughs> where do we find the temple today? We are the temple, right? Ephesians 2, 1 Peter 2. We are the living stones out of which God is building his temple. We individually who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit are the temple of God and corporately as the church are the temple of God, which means that we as the church are to be a house of prayer. It is to define us. It is an essential aspect of our identity as God's house, as his temple. Prayer must characterize and define the church for it to be God's house. What do you think? Okay. We followed that train of thought? It's okay? Okay. That's, that's it. Sometimes Mr. Draper says, I have no idea where you're going. But no, but if we're, if we're the temple and the temple is a house of prayer, then we must be defined by prayer to be God's house, to be his temple. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about more about why we pray, but it's part of who we are. It's part of our identity. Is That's where we want to start. 
But the Heidelberg Catechism says, we also pray, it opens and says, we pray because it is a chief, it is, sorry, the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us. Now, I hope by now you recognize this language of thankfulness. And I don't mean the weekend of Thanksgiving, though that would not be a bad connection. But why is this important in the Heidelberg Catechism? Thank you. This close to going back to question one, folks. Uh, This is one of the big concerns of the Heidelberg Catechism. What three things must we know to have peace with God in this life and the next, right? To find true comfort. The first is we need to know our guilt before God. Our sin and our misery. Next, we need to know the grace of God. How he purchases us back from our guilt and misery, right? And then finally, how we are to walk in gratitude for his grace. Thankfulness is a huge part of the Heidelberg Catechism. In fact, it deals with prayer under the heading of gratitude. But it says that prayer is the chief act of gratitude. Does that surprise anyone? It, it, you might think, what, that the, the Ten Commandments and obedience in our lives are the, are the chief, and then we just kind of get to, and prayer is also important. But the Heidelberg Catechism seems to be saying, we're ending here because this is what defines us as God's people. This is the chief act of gratitude. Huh. That's interesting. Why do you think that is? Why is prayer the chief act of gratitude? Um, a lot of times, well, our hymns can be sung with a heart prayer. Mm-hmm. So, what works for me, a lot of times I'll sing a hymn and, and, and I'm praying and giving thanks and singing. Yeah. And I'm Good. Okay. No, I think I, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's something like this: that, that even for my work, my my singing, my my hymnody, right, my singing to be acceptable to God, it needs to be done with an attitude of prayer, right? That yes. that if it doesn't undergird. My, my, yeah, right? If my heart isn't a heart of prayer, then my, my singing could be an act of hypocrisy or, or vanity, right? Rather than true. Wor- okay, good. Mom? It's the first fruit of faithfulness. Okay, first fruit of faithfulness. Prayer and gratitude. Mm-hmm. It, it is a natural outcome. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you consider what thankfulness is, what are you thanking God for? Mm. It's got to be the first thing, your salvation. Good. Lord, why me? Right. Because I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most things we ought to be thankful for, that he saved us and called us his own. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Constantine. It's uh, an act of humility. Yeah. Why is it an act of humility? Highlight in prayer all of his 
Hmm. Because in prayer, we're acknowledging, we're highlighting his work and our, and our receiving of his work. It's good. Mr. Draper. My father was Yes, coming to my father as his child is an act of gratitude, isn't it? Um, uh, now, now, it's possible we can come to him with the wrong attitude. Uh, Jeremiah might just do that in our passage today. <laughs> uh, uh, but when we, when we truly come to him as our father, as, as a supplicant child, as a child asking for help from his, from his father, her father, yeah, it is. And I think that all fits together. So I want to, I want to pull that all together. Think about what, what Rex said about singing. Can my singing truly um, be honoring to God if, if there isn't an attitude of prayer behind it? All right? Um, could that be true for our obedience as well? What happens if we, if we try to obey God on our strength on our terms, to show him how much we do for him rather than understanding our weakness, our frailty, and our need for his strength. Is our obedience honoring then or filled with hypocrisy and pride, right? Um, Our obedience really needs to flow out of a heart of prayer as well because in prayer, we come to God and we, we confess um, that we don't have all we need. That we can't save ourselves. We can't change ourselves. We can't supply all our needs. In, in prayer, we, we both confess our, our need, but simultaneously, what else do we confess in prayer? His sufficiency, right? I am the one in need. You are the one who can supply my need. And so prayer is both an act of, of um, humility and adoration and praise. And, and I talk about this, right, often in, in, in the worship service before we go into the, the, the prayer of the church, that this really is an act of worship um, because we are confessing our need before our God, um, that he is our helper and we are the needy. And simply put, prayer is an act of worship. It, it does elevate and glorify God. Um, and I think that's what, what you were driving home, right? We're, we're confessing he is our father who loves and cares for us. That's beautiful. And, and that honors God. Um, you know, uh, worship, worship is to declare back to God who he is, right? Not make him something he's not, but to honor what he is and who he is. Um, prayer is not simply a means of getting what we want or, or trying to manipulate and control God. <laughs> Again, we're going to see that in, in Jeremiah today. As, as Israel first tries to manipulate God and then Jeremiah foolishly jumps on the bandwagon. Um, prayer ought to be, is an act of worship where we confess our weakness and God's strength. Our need and His sufficiency. And all of that is not to say that we don't actually seek help. Um, 
to say that, that prayer is not an act of uh, self-interest or self-promotion does not mean that it's wrong to ask for help, right? Uh, anybody, what's the difference? Why is it okay to ask for help but not seek self-interest or self-promotion? What's the difference? I, I, I'm claiming that one is okay in prayer and one isn't. In one, we're trying to set the agenda. We're saying, God, not only do I want you to help me, but I want you to help me in this way that glorifies me, my plan, my agenda. The other is, Lord, I need your help. I don't even know that I necessarily know what I need, but you do, and I want what you want for me. It's okay to ask for help, but there's, there's, there's an arrogant way to ask for help and a, and a humble way, right? Um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a lot like, uh, when you're not feeling well and you ask somebody, well, would you mind fixing dinner for me? Oh, no problem. They fix you dinner and you're like, really? <laughs> this? <laughs> oh! <laughs> right? Uh, there's no humility there. Um, there are wrong ways to ask for help and there are wrong things to ask for. And so the Heidelberg Catechism happily notes that we pray because God will give us His grace and His Holy Spirit only to those who earnestly seek Him without ceasing ask, um, uh, ask them of Him and render thanks unto Him for them. So in just a minute we're going to talk about God's standard of prayer, what the guidelines that He gives us for how we should pray and what we should pray for. But none of that is to say that it is wrong to ask God for things, for help. What, it, what we're trying to say is, is um, it is good to ask for help. It's proper to ask for help. It's actually an act of worship to ask for help. Because when we don't, what we're saying is we don't need help. Was, was that what you are going to say? Uh, well, this is those who earnestly and Yeah. And, um, and as uh, Octavius Winslow just reminded me this morning, uh-huh. he said that it is God who gives us those, it's God, it's the Spirit that causes us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Yeah. And also we can take that away. Absolutely, right. But the desire to pray is even itself a gift from God. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because I get hunger and thirst for the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And, and we get that the more we understand who we are and who God is. And because when we, don't, when we don't ask for help, what we're saying is we don't need help. We've got it. We're sufficient on our own. Um, and so, yeah. That don't last very long. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, so question 117. Let's read that together. So I'll read the question and then everybody responds with the answer. What belongs to such prayer which is acceptable to God and to which He will hear? First, that with our whole heart we call only upon the one true God who has revealed Himself to us in His Word for all that He has commanded us to ask of Him. Second, that we thoroughly know our need and misery 
so as to humble ourselves in the presence of his divine majesty. Third, that we be firmly assured that notwithstanding our unworthiness, he will, for the sake of Christ, certainly hear our prayer as he has promised in his word. Now let's do 118 as well. What has God commanded us to ask of him? All things necessary for soul and body, which Christ our Lord comprised in the prayer which he himself taught us. Good. Question 117 goes on to say, what belongs to such prayer, uh, it goes on to tell us what belongs to such prayer, such as is acceptable to God. (laughs) That's sort of a loaded statement, isn't it? Why? Why is that a loaded statement? (laughs) Yes, it suggests that not all prayers are acceptable. Right? Um, I think this is something we struggle to understand. Uh, We're Americans, and we think (laughs) anything we have to offer is worthy of a trophy, right? Uh, And uh, and so we, we often come and think uh, what defines true worship is that I like it. What defines true prayer is that it comes from me. And God actually says, no, there is bad worship, there is false and idolatrous worship, and there are bad and and idolatrous prayers. Um, Some prayers aren't acceptable. uh, Does the Bible say that, or is it just me? Anyone? Does the Bible ever condemn certain prayers? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremiah 7, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Good. <laughs> the, four times God tells Jeremiah not to pray. That's a forbidden prayer, right? Okay. Charlie? Right. Yeah. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard of their many words. Jesus says, don't pray like that. That's a bad prayer. Good. What about James 4? You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. A prideful, selfish prayer, right? God said, right? Um, uh, Proverbs 15, does, God does not hear the prayers of the wicked, right? A prayer done without uh, the saving blood of Jesus Christ falls on deaf ears, right? Beyond this, the Bible readily admits that we often don't know how to pray, right? Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, as we ought, there are certain appropriate prayers that we don't always get. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Yeah. There, there are prayers that are appropriate and good. And, and sometimes we're too caught up, too sinful, lacking faith, or just simply we don't get it, we don't know. 
Um, there could be lots of reasons that we don't know how to pray. What are some of the reasons why we might not know how to pray? Don't understand the need. Good. Right. Blinded by self. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Sometimes we're just overwhelmed. We're just so overwhelmed. We we can't make heads of tails, and we're just, Lord, I don't know what I need. You do. <laughs> Please help. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or we might not know how, what to pray or how to pray because we're simply uninstructed. The disciples were smart enough to say, teach us to pray. Right? Um, the Bible gives us help at times like this when we don't know how to pray. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He perfects our prayers. But is that all God does for us when we don't know how to pray? Yeah, right. Yeah, so Hebrews, right? That that the spirit that Christ intercedes with us. I love how Hebrews words that too. Uh, it, it's a little ambiguous. You know, the English often translates it. He ever lives to intercede, right? Uh, it's possible to translate it. He ever lives as our intercession. In other words, his life is our intercession. Since he died and rose again in our place, his very existence at the right hand of the Father in life is all we need because if, if it's insufficient, he'd be dead. <laughs> Isn't that great? So it's not that he's not interceding for us. There's, you know, there's one mediator between man and God, right? But there's this idea that he embodies interest. I love it. You're it's a, not like he's up there begging the Father. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, he is. And so, so John 17 is really interesting, the high priestly prayer. Throughout the entire gospel of John, the son is always very deferential to the father. You know, not my will, Bob, you, know, uh, you know, I do nothing of my own accord. I only do what the father gave me to do and, and so on, right? When it comes to the high priestly prayer, uh, this is one of those places where we, again, kind of lose things in, in English, uh, because in, in Greek, like uh, many other uh, of the lang- uh, romantic languages and whatnot, the subject of a verb is implied in how the verb is conjugated, right? Uh, when you want to emphasize, uh, right, the, the subject of the verb, you, repeat, you use the subject as well as the verb conjugation. And so in the high priestly prayer, it reads something like this. Father, I have done all that you required. Now you, you glorify me, Right? There's this emphasis there where he presses. He says, I've done everything necessary to redeem the people you gave me, and I'm not going to let this go. That's what his intercession looks like. That's when he's bold. That's when he's a tiger. It's not this uh, um, begging. It's like, no, I'm going to press the terms of the contract because I've done everything you require. It's, it's really beautiful, right? Uh, that's when you want a pit bull, and that's when you get one. And uh, it's, it's awesome.
Uh, yeah. Uh, but not only, uh, yeah. Sure. My favorite word in there is the word as. As? In English, as. Uh-huh. When he's praying to the Father, he says about the disciples, you have loved them as you loved them. Yeah. That's my word. It is. So There's an equation there. Yeah. We're in Christ. Yeah. Love as, he loves. as he loves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So not only do the Spirit and the Son intercede for us, the Son also instructs us how to pray. And so I just want to go through a few things because uh, we're really going to bear these out in the weeks to follow. But let me just kind of hit a few things, right? Um, true prayer is, is directed to the true God. Uh, this should be obvious, but, but, but prayer is false when it is directed to the wrong um, uh, object, the wrong person, right? Now, obviously, that rules out false gods. But what else does it rule out? Self. Well, yeah, self. But do, do people... Uh, uh, there are people within the Christian tradition, right, who pray not to God, but to other saints, living or dead, Okay. Absolutely, right. So um, uh, a false view of who God is is praying to a false God, right? Right. Right. Yeah, if, you, if you're praying to the God of Scripture but you believe he's a creation, he's not eternal or he's foul or sinful or things like that, then you're not praying, praying to the true God just because he has the same name. I, I've used this a thousand times. I'll probably use it a thousand more. But Abraham Lincoln has that famous... Uh, uh, quote, how many legs does a donkey have if you call its tail a leg? Four. Calling it a leg doesn't make it one, right? Calling a false god the right name doesn't make it the true god. Yeah. Um, for, uh, but First, uh, first Timothy 2.5, there's one god and one mediator between god and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's, there's, we don't go to saints. We don't go to Mary. We don't go back doors and things like that. We can ask other saints to pray with and for us. Paul did that. Pray with me. Pray that I'd be bold. Things like that, right? But that's different than saying, I'm going to pray to you (laughs) and seek your intercession. We're going to join together and seek Christ's intercession. That's a big difference. Um, Second thing about prayer is it it cannot ask God to contradict or deny himself. We pray to the God who has revealed himself in his word, and we cannot ask him to do something that is inconsistent with who he is. That would be to ask God to deny himself, which he can't. It would be to ask him to sin, which he can't. And this is largely what the Bible means when it tells us uh, to pray in his name, ask something in his name. Again, this is not sprinkling the magic pixie dust of God's name over a prayer, thinking that we have somehow bound him and enslaved him to do our will. God laughs at that idea, calls it idolatry, and will punish it. He's not like, oh no, you did the magic words. Okay, what do I have to do? That's not God. 
in the Bible, a name is the revelation of who he is. To pray in his name is to pray in accord with who his name reveals him to be. Right? A God merciful and gracious, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, slow to anger, who will no, by no means clear the, clear the guilty, right? Um, to invoke his name in a way that would, uh, to ask him to violate his character is an abomination. It is not prayer. It is not acceptable. Um, true prayer flows from, uh, so it's directed to the true God, it's guided by his character, and it flows from humility and a sense of need. If we're, if we're not there to try to control him and do our will, but to pray in accord with who he is and has revealed himself to be, that means we need to come with humility because we're bowing before him, we're seeking to submit to him, we're seeking his will above our own. Now that's hard for us because often our tendency in prayer is to get whom to bow? Us or try to get God to bow? We often try to get God to bow to submit, to do our will. But something amazing often happens when we come in that way. The longer we wrestle with God and try to get Him to do our will, what happens? Sure. Sure. But have you ever found your posture changing during prayer? Yeah. Right? We're like Jacob. We start wrestling with an attempt to win. At the end, we're just saying, all I've got is you. Bless me. Do do what you think is right, because I'm not letting go. Somehow, I mean, that wrestling match can be a beautiful picture of prayer. We come with one agenda, and we leave with another one. Sometimes, often in prayer, the longer we hear the folly of our arrogance the more we turn from it. It's kind of like the movie Dances with the Wolves, where the one white gal lived with the enemy mm-hmm. for so long, and they gave her the neck, standing with her fist yeah. in the air, you know, and then, like Abraham, on his face before God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's this... We yield, we surrender. The longer we wrestle, the less we are confident in our arrogance and we actually end. Um, prayer is not just a place where we express humility and need, but it's often a place where we find it and learn it. Um, and that's a good thing. Uh, prayer is accompanied with confidence in God. I like the last thing that question 117 says, that we be firmly assured that notwithstanding our unworthiness, he will, for the sake of Christ our Lord, certainly hear our prayer as he has promised in his word. Prayer that honors God is prayer that's confident that he is good and does what is good and best for us. Romans 8.28. Steve just shared this verse. He he shared at his uh, stepfather's uh, memorial service last week. And he opened with this verse. um, That... Uh, we know uh, that for those who love God, he, he works all things for their good, 
according to his purpose and the counsel of his will, right? Um, that should undergird our prayer. That we, we, We're coming to God not as someone who has to be manipulated to help us, but someone who is actually more interested in our good than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and in fact, there's something really interesting, right? In, in Deuteronomy 5 uh, with the mountain, uh, Moses, if anyone goes and talks to God, they're going to die. Want to go talk to God for us? And, uh, and God says that he, they've spoken well. And it's through his work that now the people can approach without the fear. And that's who Jesus is for us. That he's taken the sting of death, the fear, you know, and all those things. So, and that's why it says that we're, our confidence is not in our own goodness, but in Christ that we can approach. It's good. One final question before we're done: um, What should we pray for, physical or spiritual needs? Yes. Yeah, trick question. Yeah. Um, question one eighteen rightly says that we are to pray for both. Uh, This will be borne out in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, But we seek earthly provision, food, shelter, and whatnot. But we also seek uh, strength to stand against sin. We seek growth, sanctification, uh, spiritual benefits as well. We seek both in prayer. And so from here in the weeks ahead... uh, Pastor Brian and I are going to, to work through the last few questions uh, of the Heidelberg Catechism, looking you know, petition by petition, what we pray for, how it guides us, so that we might uh, continue to grow in our understanding and appreciation, hopefully practice um, of prayer. That's our goal. Any questions uh, before we close? All right. Let me pray. Our gracious God and Father, uh, we thank you uh, that we can come and look into your word. Father, we ask that you would uh, help write these truths on our hearts that we might pray more, we might pray better, and that we might be transformed by prayer. May we never try to enslave you, but may we seek to be changed, uh, to be more like you. Help us prepare for worship that we might enter in and worship you Uh, As you call us to, we ask in Christ's name. Amen.